today. I hope you that you are doing well. It is it's great that you guys are here. Welcome to week number two of a four-part series that we're calling Building Strong Families. The basic thesis for this series is that building strong families, it is possible, but it's not probable without you being intentional about it. And so there is one contrasting thought that I actually want you to hear throughout this series, and that is that, that there is a world's way and then there's God's way. And we have to be very intentional about God's way. It doesn't just happen. And our theme verse talks about that. It's Romans chapter 12, and it's beautifully put out of the New Living Translation. And it says, for us not to copy the behavior or the customs of the world. So the world's got a way about it. It's got both behavior and customs that honestly are becoming more and more widely accepted. And the Bible then comes along and says, no, 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 you really don't want to do that. And if there is ever an area that you don't want to do it, uh, do something the way the world does it, it's your family. It's relationships. What On, to- on television alone, 91% of the, of the sexual encounters on television are outside of marriage. So the world's branding us with an idea that doesn't work. It not only doesn't work for righteousness sake, but it doesn't work for our families either. And we've got to understand that there is a contrasting thought that is out there from the word. And I love this next, this next line. It says, let God. We have to let him. It says, let God transform. And we're going to talk about that word transform. Uh, that means that God never asks you to do something. He actually trans- he transforms you. He changes you on the inside so you can do it. So that's really powerful. It's from the inside out. God never comes along and says, change this and do that. What he does is he changes you on the inside, gives you the, the power to do what you should do. That's why God is not just a God to be understood. He's a God to be experienced. He wants to do an inner work on the inside of us so that we can lead a different life, have a different family. He wants to change us and transform us into a brand new person. And that begins with changing our thinking process. Now, I can't change your life. I'm not God. But what I can do is I can bring you, I can try to bring you every Sunday new thinking that allows God to transform you. So I'm going to bring you some contrasting thoughts today that's maybe differently than what's in your mind, and it's certainly different from what's in the world. But then we've got to learn to know what God's will is for us. So we've got this better life. We want this better life that is good, pleasing, and perfect, as the scripture says. And as idealistic as that sounds, God does want your life, your family, to be good and perfect. You know, your, the relationship with your spouse, your parents, your kids, it could be really, really good if we fo- if, and strong if we follow this example. So, for instance, the world's way says find the right person. So if you're trying to do relationships, and, you know, it's true for, for marriage and other things too, but you're just going on this hunt for the right person, right? You're just, you've got to find them so they complete me. You complete me. You know, you've got to find that person. And then we fall in love. You fall, right? Because you can't help it. You know, people talk about falling in love like it's a ditch or something. You know, I just couldn't help it. I know I committed my life to you, but I fell in love with this person. No, that is not love, everybody. That's the world's way. Maybe infatuation, but not love. And then when you fall in love, you fix all your hopes and dreams on that one person. So, I'm going to put all of my life into your hands and you now have to make me happy and you have to complete me 
And so what happens is if we do this, we're setting ourselves up for failure. So when failure occurs, we just repeat steps one, two, and three. And that is the picture of relationships and marriage the world's way. But God says it's very different. He says, you don't find the right person, you become the right person. You know, let God do a work inside of you so that you bring something to the relationship, not expecting the relationship just to bring stuff to you. So you say, God, can you just do a work on the inside of me so I can be the best husband, the best father, the best, the best pastor that I can be, one of the, you know, whatever it is. That's why we submit ourselves to the transforming power of God. And then now, instead of just falling in love, I can actually walk in love, like we talked about last week. You see, love is not a feeling. Infatuation is a feeling. Love is not a feeling. That's in love. But love is what you do. And in Colossians, it says that we put on love. It's something that we do. It's not, it's not just falling on us. It's not a ditch. We just don't fall into it. But we put it on. And so that is an act of our will, not of an act of our feelings. And we have to make that choice every day because a lot of times our feelings go in a very selfish direction that doesn't want to love unloving people. So how do you love? Well, you put it on. You walk in it. And then you can fix all your hopes and dreams on God. You can let God change you and empower you. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. And if, if, if this failure occurs, and sometimes it does, then sometimes you, then you just repeat steps one, two, and three. This is the difference between the world's way and God's way. And although they can, be, they can look similar, they're very different. And today I want to talk with you about commitment love, love and commitment. Because I firmly believe in any relationship, especially in your marriage, whether it be parent to child, child to parent, sibling to sibling, but if those relationships, and especially a marriage relationship, if it's going to succeed, if it's gonna be strong, we have to go back to a place of commitment, that place that God has for our lives. Most marriages fail because of the lack of commitment. And it's inevitable, I'm gonna be honest, it's inevitable, no matter how good you are, no matter how much you love God, you're gonna have rough days. And it blows my mind how many people consider relationships disposable. You see, we live in a contractual kind of world today. You know, the whole Bible is based upon a covenant mindset, not contractual, which means covenant is permanent, which means I am willing to stick it out through tough times. And I'm gonna use a word that people don't like anymore, and especially in America and civilized societies, and this is a word that God is willing to use in his description of his relationship with you, and that is, God says, never. I'm never leaving. Think about the depth of the word never, ever. There is nothing that you can do to make him not love you. There is nothing, never, that you can do that, that will keep him from coming after you. His mercies endure forever. And never will he leave you, never will he forsake you. But we don't like that word. You know, that word's for God, because he's God. But what I'm saying to you is that God wants to bring us to a place where we strengthen our relationships to try to make those kind of commitments. And, and to be honest, I don't, I don't think you'll get your relationship as strong as it can be until you go to that place, which means you don't need commitment unless there's a moment where you don't wanna be committed. I mean, why commit if you never need commitment? 
If you all, if you want, there is no need for commitment unless there's going to be a really bad day. And I'm not saying stay in an abusive relationship. You guys know I'm not saying that. But in our hearts, we have to be willing to be unhappy for a while while we work it out. See, my wife, Melissa, she needs to know that. She can find something that she doesn't like about me. She can express it. And look, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving. I'm not going to just fly off the handle and leave. In fact, I found a great quote that I want to share with you, that commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood that you set it in left you. That is awesome. That is so good. And I think we need to hear that because God knows that we'll say some things in the right mood, right? You know, I've done dozens of weddings and they're all looking at each other and eyes a flutter and the violins are playing, white dresses flowing and flowers everywhere. And they promise till death do us part. You know, nothing but death can separate us. They say it every time they say it for better or for worse, to love and to cherish. And there is only one thing that could separate us and that's death itself. And I watched time and time again, how well there were kind of some other options that could separate us. There were some things other than death that could end this thing. I think maybe whenever we start premarital counseling, maybe what we should do is when we go through those vows and you know, that says that death is the only reason, I wonder if we maybe should just ask them, hey, so are there any other reasons that we should go ahead and mention in the vows? You know, could we come up with a few others that might cause it? Because let's go ahead and put it in the vows in the wedding. You know, we're there, let's go ahead and get it accurate, right? You know, I know many of us, uh, many of us have been through divorce. We have mistakes in our past, and, and I think we need to leave that in the past. I'm not talking about your past, okay? You are free from that. That is all under the blood. That's forgiven, it's in the past. What I'm talking about is from here on out that the people in our family, they need to know that there's gonna be a day it's gonna get tough. Mommy and daddy are gonna have fights, but we're not giving up. And the truth is, I'm not trying to make you endure pain and suffering. Here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to give you power that actually makes your marriage strong. And I'm telling you, there's something in that beautiful word, commitment. And it's not just intended to be for posters, you know? I have one goal today, and that is I want you to think through your commitments in your family, reaffirm them, recommit, even if it's to your spouse or to your kid or any, any relationship that's important to you, that you could say, hey, look, I know there's going to be a day that's rough, and because of that, I'm committed, and you can count on me. And I know what some of you are thinking. I can feel the tension through the camera, but Mikey, you don't know my situation. This is really hard. I mean, this is I can't do this. And you're right, you can't. But I've got another verse for you that, and that I hope sinks into your heart and not just into your head. Philippians 4.13 says this, I can, I can, I can what? I can do all things. I can do all things. Even this marriage, even this relationship, even these difficult kids or my difficult parents, oh yes, you can. How? Here's a secret, don't miss it. Through Christ. Now, that's not just poetic and inspirational. You know, it's not just for cards. This, you know, this is real life. It means that there is nothing, there is nothing that you can't do that God asks you to do whenever you do it through Him and His strength, meaning He gives you the power to do it. 
So here's God's model that honestly a lot of us Christians miss because we think that Christianity is just learned behavior, but it's not. Our God is not a God to only be understood. He is a God to be experienced from the inside out. He wants to do a transforming work on the inside so that on the outside we could do things that we never dreamed that we could do. So what does he do? He says, look, I will do it to you first. I will model it and I'll go to the cross and pay for the sin and then I'll send the Holy Spirit to empower you to be able to do it as well. That's Christianity. It's not just, well, I'm gonna try harder, okay. No, God wants to transform us. And it happens through Christ who strengthens us, who strengthens you to be able to do that. So how do we do it? Here's what I wanna do is I wanna give you some commitments that God's made to you. And look, these are not things for you to do. You don't need to do anything other, these you need to experience them. And when you experience them, they bloom inside of you and now you have the capacity to do this for others. But don't focus on doing this for others right now. What I want you to do is, is focus on experiencing his commitment to you. See, the, he intended for the Bible and the word of God to come on the inside of you and overflow so that you can do it. And look, part of, the, part of this happens when you realize how awesome he is. Look, if, you, if we fall in love with him more, we experience him more, we will be able to be like him more. That's his whole plan. So I wanna show you these commitments. First of all is he commits to prioritize you. Now, I know in relationships, that's usually one of the first places that we fail. It's like, Melissa and I, we've struggled especially whenever I have let work come first. I've had to repent to my family for that. I've let you guys get ahead of them before. And I tried very hard not to. But God has prioritized me, so I have to prioritize them. First John says this, that this is how we know what love is. That he didn't just explain it to us, but he did it for us. See, Jesus laid down his life for you. And we've got to lay down our, our lives for our brothers and sisters, but it only happens once we experience it. Then it's easier to do. And so here's what I want you to say. I want you to say it with me. He did so I can. Say it again. He did so I can. He prioritized me so I can prioritize you. He prioritized me so I can do it. So I, because I can do all things through him on the inside. Second thing is that he commits to pursue us. In relationships, this is really important. A lot of us, you know, you guys pursued the fire out of each other when you were dating. I mean, you were buying stuff and going out and spending money you didn't have. And then when you got married, you stopped all of that. Our marriages, they can't survive until we get back to a hot pursuit of that person again. I mean, look, I'm trying to help you here. I may have gotten some of you a date this week, so that's a good place, you know, to start. No, look, I don't wait for the feeling of pursuing Melissa to pursue her. That's the world's way. No, I make a choice that I am going after her. I don't have to feel like it. I'm going to pursue her. Why? Because he pursued me. So therefore I can pursue her. He did so I can. Some of you, you know, God has been pursuing you. And even maybe during the worship service earlier or today during the service, he's pursuing you and he's saying, hey, isn't it about time? The Bible says that he stands at the door of our hearts and knocks. It's like, yeah, I don't know. So then he comes back and he knocks again. He's persistent. 
I want to tell you something we, a lot of times we don't know about God is if we stiff arm God, he keeps knocking. He doesn't wait for the feeling to love us, to pursue us. He just keeps doing it. He just keeps knocking. He does it gently. He doesn't bang it down. I mean, he could bang the door down, but he doesn't usually. He just, you know, he just continues to knock and knock and knock. He might be in hot pursuit of you. And for some of you, it may be time for you to say, come on in. We'll talk a little bit more about that later after the message. And so he doesn't have to feel it. He just does it. He did, so I can. He pursues me, and so I can pursue Melissa. I can pursue Josiah. And so here's the third one, and that is that I commit to possess you. Now, that sounds a little bit funny. Just give me a second before you freak out. It means that he's committed to a sense of belonging. In other words, this is more than you're just a project. You know, I'm just trying to fix you because you're my husband and you're messed up. It's not that, and it's not that for God to us either. We're not just his project. He considers us his very own. We belong to him. And I'll go for, as far as to say it this way. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says, You are a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. So I've got to tell Melissa, look, I belong to you and you belong to me. We're in, in a relationship where we belong to each other. I don't even have the option of making the decision because I am hers. I belong to her. She belongs to me. So he did. He, I belong to him so Melissa can belong to me, so I can belong to her. So the fourth one is this. He says, I commit to protect you, to protect you, because he always knows that there is going to be that day and by the way, some of those days that he protects them, that he protects us from, we created. A lot of my storms, I actually created the storms. But there are times where we get attacked. I mean, all of us feel attacked sometimes. But aren't you glad that you've got a God that when he sees you attacked, Psalm 21.7 says that the Lord will protect you from all dangers and he will guard your life. If anybody in the church comes up to me and says to one of my staff, hey, I heard about one of your staff, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say, well, I don't know about that. Let me check that out. Let me go talk to them first. I will never believe anything until I talk with them first. Now, if it's true, we'll deal with it. But they need to have the confidence that the person that leads them will protect them. Because, because people these days, I'm sorry, but there are some mean-spirited, mean-spirited people on this planet. And they'll, you know, they'll blast you on Facebook and the internet. And I'll, I could tell you all kinds of stories about how mean-spirited people are. And so you read something, you go, oh man, that must be true. Well, let that not be us. We have salt covenant with each other. You say, no, I know that person. I think pure thoughts about them. And so I'm pretty sure I think the best of them. And that's not sure. But let me check with them. And I wanted to let, I want to let you know that's my view toward you. And I, I need that from you to me as well. And our family needs that. We, ha, we need to protect each other. It's true. He did it for us. And so we can. He did it so I can. In fact, when he went to the cross and he died for us, it says he did that while we were yet sinners. So while we are still stiff-arming him, he's still going to die for us. That's the kind of commitment that he makes. He doesn't wait till we're having our good days because, look, you only need commitment on the bad day. That's why you need it. You don't, have it, you don't need commitment on the day that you want to love. You need a commitment on the days that you don't. 
And so the, the last one is this, I commit to purify you. God purifies us. And what that means is that Micah, you know, he says to me, Micah, you're gonna blow it, I already know, but I'm gonna give you a way out. I just love that. You know, and some of us need to hear this because maybe some of you blew it this week. And when you want to, you need to know that when you blow it, his response is not, God, geez, again? No, the Bible says that he delights to show you mercy. He enjoys showing you mercy. So watch this, you blew it and this is what God says, oh good, this is when they need me most. See, he was excited about you on the day you blew it as the day you got it right. And for some of you, if you, believe, if you would believe what I just said, you would just fall in love with Jesus at a whole nother level. And so when you blow it, here's what he says. Oh, yep, this is why they need me. Yeah, he, he cleanses you, he purifies you, the Bible says. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, giving yourself, cleansing her by, by the washing of the word and presenting to her himself a radiant church. And so you might say, yeah, but you're married to that sweet, that sweet darling, Pastor Melissa. Yeah, well, she messes up sometimes. Every now and then the halo disappears. It's rare, but it happens. And watch this, at that moment, it's my time to be able to purify her. In other words, to say, ah, oh, now's the time she needs me. Now's the time when I can be there for her. So sweetheart, Melissa, I commit, you, I commit to you on this Valentine's Day to prioritize you to love you, to protect you, and to purify you, that we belong together. And I want all of you guys that are at home, that are in relationships to do that as well. Today's Valentine's Day. And I believe that if we can do this in our marriages and our relationships, in addition to our families, if we can be intentional about not copying the behavior and the customs of this world, but letting God transform us from the inside out into people who can intentionally build strong families. I think that that's possible, but it's not probable unless we are very, very intentional about it. Now, I know I keep using that word intentional because it's extremely important. That, that, look, if we just let life happen, we're gonna end up the world's way. But if we realize what God's done for us, if we let it sink in and change us from the inside out, then we will automatically prioritize them, pursue them, possess them in the sense of belonging, protect them, and purify them. And once we have that going in multiple directions in a family, we're talking about a strong, strong family. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for strong families on this Valentine's Day. I thank you for families that are committed to each other. God, that it's not, that commitment is not just uh, something that we throw away and, and our relationships are not something that's disposable. But Holy Spirit, I just speak over this congregation that even on the hard days, even when there's a lot of hard days in a row, that we are committed. God, we love you so very much. And we thank you that the only way that we can do that, we can't do that in and of ourselves but that as we experience your love for us and your commitment to us and your promises to us in all of these areas, I just pray and I speak right now that hearts are overflowing, that as we realize the goodness of God on the inside of us, because you did, we can. And so we love you with all of our hearts. We thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we thank you for opening it up to our, our knowledge, 
and our understanding, and we commit back to you to not only be hearers, but to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, 